Welcome to another inspiring message from David Hall, pastor of LifePoint Church, Adelaide, Australia. It's our sincere prayer that you would experience the presence and power of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. For more information, please visit davidhall.com.au. All good. So, I would love you to turn your Bibles to Ezekiel 37, a passage of Scripture I'm sure you are familiar with. Um, And it's just been something that God's been speaking to me over this year, um, the importance of finding our voice. The title of my message this morning is Find Your Voice. Find Your Voice. Let me read to you from Ezekiel 37 verse 1. The Lord took hold of me and was carried away by this, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me around among the old dry bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground. Then he, he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. I love that. It's a bit of a cop-out, isn't it? I don't know, but you know, you're God. Then he said to me, speak to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to breathe into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscle on you and cover you with skin. I'll put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke these words just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as they had been before. Then as I watched, muscle and flesh formed over the bones. Then the skin formed to cover their bodies but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak to the winds and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, O breath, from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke as he commanded me and the wind entered the bodies and they began to breathe. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army of them. I love this passage. Let me pray and then we'll get into the word this morning. God, I thank you for every person who is here today. I thank you, God. They're not here by accident. I thank you that they're in the house of God. And I just pray, Father, that you would anoint this word. I pray, God, that you would speak to your people this morning. Holy Spirit, have your way, I pray. You would speak to each person in a way that is specific and unique to them, that would encourage them in their faith. Anoint the word, I pray. Let it be all of you, Holy Spirit, and not much of me, in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Fantastic. So this morning I want to share with you five things I believe we can learn from this account in Ezekiel. How to bring life to dead situations. How to bring life to dead situations. The first one is this. Be spirit-led. Let's be people who are led by the Spirit of God. Be spirit-led. I love that it says here, the hand of the Lord, it was the Spirit of the Lord, brought him out and set him down as equal to pass around this valley of dry bones. That's actually a bit creepy when you think about it. Don't you think? That's a bit creepy. When you think about a valley of dry bones, let's just wander around together, the Lord says, and have a look at these dry bones. Um, But I love that it was the Spirit of God that did that. And that word for spirit in this passage, that word is actually the word for the wind or breath of the Lord. The wind or breath of the Lord. This idea of of the Spirit of God leading, leading Ezekiel, leading us 
I believe into places we don't necessarily want to go, places we don't necessarily want to see, things we don't want to come across, things that are in the world around us that we don't really want to acknowledge are there, to very dead situations. I believe we need to be spirit-led, that we would be led into those places for our children, for our marriages, for our schools, for our neighbourhoods, for our nursing homes for our friends who are fighting for their mental health, friends who are fighting health battles, that dead situations that we can be led into. Let the Spirit of God take you there. Let Him take you to those dead situations in our world where there are people alive, but where there is no life. Where people are surviving, but they're not actually living. They're not, they're alive, but they're not flourishing. Because I believe You look around our society, around our world today, there are prisons full of broken people. There are city streets that are filled with homeless people. There are global issues like human trafficking and slavery. There are people who are caught in the most violent of wars. There's the abuse and misuse of women. There are addictions to drugs and alcohol right throughout our society. We are surrounded by valleys of dry bones. You know, um, just recently at our church, I just felt it was just we should just do something in terms of reaching our community. And we have a, a Work for the Doll program that runs through our kitchen where we have people who are unemployed that we help upskill with um, uh, cooking skills and things like that. And basically they were cooking food for, for our staff. Our staff were buying it. I'm like, why are we buying it? We should be giving this to people. So we've just opened up a community lunch once every fortnight where we open our doors and we just say to people in our community, come, have lunch with us. We'll feed you. And we've been gathering fresh food and 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 do you know what this part of me was like this is a step like this is a bit who who's going to come through our doors what kinds of people who's going to come venture in you know I even had some people in our um our pastor say you know just you know I've seen this before it can get a bit messy I'm like it should get messy (laughs) it should be there are people who are messy people who need Jesus so let's invite them into our doors do you know, the people, the Israelites that God is speaking to here, these, God, these are God's people, but they're not too different to our society today. These people were in exile. They had been captured by Babylon. They had been taken away. They were in exile. They were, in, they were enslaved. And, and they were completely scattered from their homes. They weren't home anymore. And I'm actually going to share on that a bit more tonight. That their rebellion, their disobedience towards God, and that they were completely scattered and completely lost And our society today, I believe, is in captivity. The people around us that are in captivity and don't even know that they are held in bondage. It is so important that we allow God to lead us into these dead places. Do you know, I love Psalm 23 is a very well-known passage of scripture. And yet when you read it in this, in the light of this, when, when, when the psalmist writes, he leads me beside still waters. He leads me in paths of righteousness. And it goes on to say, and then I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Do you know what? I think we can read that passage and go, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, though I might come close to death, though I might be sick, though I might be struggling. But I wonder if it's saying when God leads me to those dead places, when he leads me into these valleys where there is a shadow of death, I don't need to be fearful because he is with me. Let him lead you to the dead places, not for your sake, but for the benefit of other people. Let's not be scared to go into the dead places and allow God to take us there. Number one, be spirit-led. Number two, listen for the God conversation. 
listen for the God conversation. When we read on in that passage, we see in verse 3, God says to Ezekiel, can these bones live? Can these bones live? He starts this conversation with Ezekiel. Can they live? And Ezekiel replies, oh Lord, only you know the answer to that. And so again, God says, he says, prophesy, then you'll know. Prophesy, and then you'll know. He also says a bit later on in verse 9, again, he says, prophesy to the breath. Then in verse 11 and 12, it says again, prophesy to the people. He's a speaking God. We have to remember that he's a speaking God. We should should have our ears attuned to the God conversation. What is he speaking to you? What is he saying to you? Listen to a God who is not a silent God. He's not a silent God. His words speak to us through his written word and his spirit speaks to us. In that quickening, illuminating uh, of scripture, bringing it to our attention, making it apparent to us what he's saying. It's instant and it's personal. It's those precious rhema words of God where God just speaks to us and we know, we know what he is saying. Now here with Ezekiel, what does he see? He sees a valley of dry bones. That's all he sees. Death dead nothing he sees a valley of dry bones but what does he hear he says he hears God saying prophesy prophesy to these situations prophesy and then you'll know prophesy the word of God into your circumstances and then you'll know what will happen what can happen be bold we should be bold to speak what we hear not just what we are seeing be bold to speak what we hear even when of what we see. We can see some dead situations and just go, that's a dead situation. End of story. Nothing can be done. Or we can go, what is God saying? And what life can I speak into that circumstance? And I love the fact that God doesn't just speak. He doesn't just tell us stuff. He questions us. He prompts us. He gently corrects us. He guides us. You know, he's not just telling us, downloading information that we would just know more things. He leads us and guides us and questions us. Do you know, one of my favourite, in fact, I think it is my favourite question in the Bible, comes from the conversation that Jesus has with blind Bartimaeus. And Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? I think it's my favourite, what a beautiful question for the saviour of the world to ask you, what do you want me to do for you? I just love that. And I love that we can answer that. We can we identify it. Tell God what it is. You know, be honest. I think we don't, sometimes we pray like the right things to say. You know, we pray the things we think God wants to hear. Um, but do you know what? I think just identify what you need and speak it out and actually declare it, name it, identify it prophesy what you see for the people in your world, for your kids, for your marriage, for your home, for your workplace. Prophesy. I love that when God says here, can these bones live? God does want you to know what his answer to that is. He does want us to know his word and his promises for situations where we see a dead situation. We need to know the truth of his word. We need to know not just kind of have an awareness of it, but know it. Just and, and we need to know it, that he can revive the dead things in our life. Know that he, know that he can restore relationship. Know that he can restore marriages. Know that he can make you whole. Know that he can heal you. Know that he can save your kids. He can rescue your son or your daughter. 
know these things, prophesy that you would know that he would come uh, through on his promises. Number three, have his word in your mouth. Have his word in your mouth. I love that he says, prophesy these words. He actually tells him what to say. Prophesy these words. Have the word of God in your mouth. Let let our words be his words. Let our words be what he says for us to say. Let him him speak through us. Do you know, um, apparently, as humans, we say something like 16,000 words a day. And guys and girls, it's the same for both of you. There has been research of late that confirms that men and women say about 16,000 words a day. Women say amen to your husband. (laughs) 16,000 words a day. That equates, I used to be a math teacher, I did a quick bit of maths for you. A thousand words per hour and 17 words per minute. That's actually not that much when you break it down like that. 17 words per minute. Do you know there are approximately, depends on the translation, 750,000 words in the Bible. So you could actually speak, if you only spoke the word of God and nothing else, you could speak the word of God nearly eight times over every year. Eight times over, you could speak the word of God if, if all you spoke was the word of God. I feel like if you're going to order your lunch and the waitress says, would you like a coffee? And you say, repent and be baptized. That probably is not the right time to use the word of God. Just yes, please, is fine. Um, <laughs> but think about how powerful we could be if we were speaking the word of God throughout our 16,000 words per day how much we could be speaking into our life and into our circumstances. It says in Ephesians 5, in verse 18 and 19, to be filled with the Spirit. That's the, that word there for, in the New Testament is the word pneuma. Um, that's the same word for breath, the breath of God. To be filled with the breath of God, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. In Ephesians 6, in verse 17, that talks about taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That word there is the rhema, Word of God, that intimate, personal Word of God. My encouragement to you today is to wield that sword. Wield that sword of the Spirit. I love the fact, so get this, the, the, that word there for sword is a, refers to a Roman sword that was razor sharp, that was used for close combat. It was used for close combat. It was used for a, a, a one-on-one fight, a one-on-one battle. And I want to remind you that the enemy schemes, and we do have an enemy, the enemy schemes, they are targeted, they are personal, they are designed just for you, they are designed to, to trip you up. And I want to encourage you that you need to learn how to fight up close with the word of God to come against the lies of the enemy, that you would stand against the lies of the enemy with the truth of the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. Do you know, I was feeding my kids the other day and I, I know how to make, I know how to trick them into eating their dinner. Any mums in the house that got some tricks, some hacks, mum hacks for feeding their kids and making them eat. I have fussy eaters. And, uh, and so I was feeding them pasta, and of course they don't like the sauce, and they don't, whatever. So this is, my, this is my trick. I give them a bit of pasta, just pasta, no sauce. And then a bit more pasta with a little bit of cheese on it, a bit of grated cheese, and then a bit more pasta with just the tiniest bit of sauce and cheese. And then a bit more pasta with a bit more sauce, and a bit more sauce, and a bit more sauce, 
until they actually praise the Lord eating their dinner. But do you know what? I, I find God spoke to me and said, this is exactly what the enemy does. Just bit by bit by bit by bit tricking us into consuming things we don't even want to be consuming. Eating something, digesting things that aren't even what we want to be doing and yet we consume it because we are bit by bit by bit tricked into the schemes of the enemy. I want to encourage you to come back at him with the sword of the spirit, the word of God, and rebuke lies of the enemy. Rebuke things that God, that he says that go completely against the word of God. Take up your sword. So have his word in your mouth. Number four, speak his breath into every circumstance. So look at verse nine again. It says prophesy to the breath. And he says prophesy again. Prophesy again. You know, I believe that, that his breath... There's power in the wind of the spirit, the breath of God. So we need to speak his breath, speak his life into every circumstance. If we look back at Genesis 1 and verse 2, right back at the beginning of creation, and we see the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. It's the same word, the breath, the wind of God hovering over the waters. His breath is creative. His breath is creating. His breath is able to bring about life. The Spirit of God hovered over the waters to bring creation into being. The same Spirit of God we can speak into our circumstances. His creative Spirit and create life in our world by what we speak when we speak with the breath of God. Zechariah in in, uh, verse 6 of chapter 4 says, Not by might. Not by power, but by my spirit. By my spirit. I want to ask you today, how are you using your voice? How are you speaking? Are you speaking life into your circumstances? Are you speaking life over your family? Are you speaking life in your workplace? Are you speaking life when you go through the checkout? Are you speaking life when you come in contact with people? Are you speaking the truth of the word of God? Do you know, uh, we have a fantastic swimming centre, it's not that good, uh, at, um, it used to be called the Gully Gusher, now it's called Waterworld in Adelaide, and uh, one day I happened to be there leaving with um, one of my kids, and there was just this awful incident that happened in the car park where um, a young mum, and uh, presumably her partner, um, were walking across the car park, and I gather walking home, and, um, and he was yelling all kinds of revolting abuse at her, all sorts, all kinds. The worst you can imagine. And I happened to be in a conversation with somebody else, and so I sort of felt like I couldn't quite, you know, so I sort of was like, I want to do something about that. It's not okay. As it turned out, when I left, um, they were walking on the main road, so I was able to stop in my car, safety of my car, with my little one in the back. Um, And I just said to this lady, I said, is everything okay here? Are you okay? And, of course, she was a bit like, uh, like, didn't really know how to respond. And... and, um, so her partner, you know, started to hurl abuse at me. And I said, I just don't like how he's speaking to you. It's not okay how he's talking to you. But I wanted, and that's all I could do because, you know, I, that, that was it. That, that was as much as I could intervene. But I felt like it was, so, it was worth speaking up. It was worth speaking life to this lady and saying, how you're being spoken to is not okay. It's not okay. So we need to learn to speak up. You know, I love that, that um, phrase that went around uh, in, the re- in recent times, speak even if your voice shakes. I love that. Speak, even if your voice shakes, even if it comes out all wobbly and nervous and, you know, say it anyway. It's, it's not 
Your voice doesn't have to be powerful. It's the Spirit of God in you that is powerful. So just speak the Word of God. Be bold to speak into those situations. Speak even if your voice shakes. Breathe the breath of God into situations. And last one, number five, stand up. It says in verse 10, I love this. When, when we speak the breath into these circumstances, we see that they, the breath came into them and they lived and stood up on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Just prior to that, actually, it says breathe. Uh, in verse 9, it was come, O breath, from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies that they may live. That word for breathe is actually a different word. And it means to inflate. It means to give life. It means to bring life into circumstances. And then it says that they stood up an exceedingly great army. I do believe that when we speak life into circumstances that we see something happen. We see a force happen where we see an army come to life. You know, that army there, and the girls who were at breakfast yesterday would know this, that army, that word there for army, is a force. It's wealth and virtue and valor and strength. There's force that comes. That's, there's an army that stands up when we stand on the word of God. I love that it says stand on the word of God for the word of God stands forever. Stand on the word of God for the word of God stands forever. That's in Isaiah. You know, we were talking about this idea of bringing life and bringing hope and bringing, speaking truth of the word of God into our circumstances. Um, I love that when we see Elisha's bones, Elisha's bones, we see he had died. He had died. He was, he was bones in a tomb. And in a hurry, they buried a man in his tomb. Just They, they just hurriedly, hurriedly placed a man into his tomb. He was revived, this man, just because he came in contact, contact with Elisha's bones. I love that. I think I want to be that kind of person where because... So this guy, he stood on his feet, it says in 2 Kings. I want to be so filled with the breath of God, so filled with the breath of God that when people come in contact with me, the power of, the, of God in me causes others to stand up. I don't know about you, but I want to be the kind of person that encourages other people, that the Spirit of God in me causes others to rise up, causes others to stand that we see, we see life happen because we are, we are full of the breath of God, shut up in our bones, like a burning fire it talks about in the Bible, a burning fire shut up in our bones that, that would bring life to the people around us, to the people around us. You know, there's five things that I think we can take from this scripture. I hope they've encouraged you this morning, that we'd be spirit-led, that we would listen to the God conversation, that we would be attentive to what God is saying. And he doesn't just speak to some, he speaks to every single one of us. Every single one of us can be listening to the God conversations. Let's have his word in our mouth. Let's have the word of God in our 16,000 words today. Let's, let's some of them be the word of God prayed and spoken and declared. Let's speak his breath. Prophesy again, the Bible says. Prophesy again. If you haven't seen it happen, because we read in that passage that when, when Ezekiel first prophesied, they came to life, but there was no breath in them. Prophesy again. Keep doing it. Keep prophesying. Keep saying it. Keep declaring it until you see breath come into those dead situations. And stand up. Let's be people that stand up ourselves. Let's be people that help others to stand and others to rise up this morning. Do you know, as we read on in that passage, 
as we read on that passage in verse 11, it's a really powerful passage or verse, I believe, here. Because it talks about this being spoken to the people of Israel. And they say here in verse 11 that our bones are dry and our hope is lost. Our bones are dry and our hope is lost. You know, those words there don't sound too much until you go back to the original language. But I love they say, when it says our bones are dry, that word for dry means ashamed, confused, and disappointed. Dry bones, ashamed, confused, and disappointed. That word for hope means expectation. And that word for lost means wandered away. I think we can so easily, because of our shame, because of our confusion, because of our disappointment, we can feel that expectation just wanders away. And we stop living in a place of faith. We stop having that hope. We, we have lost our hope. We've lost our faith. And we see that in our confusion, our disappointment, things perhaps not going to plan, things that we, that we didn't think were going to happen have happened, people we've lost, we weren't expecting to lose. And yet we can be in this place of being ashamed, confused, disappointed. And so I do believe that there are people here this morning that your expectation for God to do something has wandered away. You've stopped expecting God to move. And I think we can all go through seasons of that where we feel like, I've just kind of given up. I've stopped prophesying to those situations. I've stopped praying for them. I've given up on the fact that they're just never going to happen. Um, I didn't plan to share the story, but I was going to say about my little boy, Sam. I've actually got other bones stories about my five-year-old who has been injured more than you can even imagine. He's been stapled, he's been slung, he's been glued, and he's been stitched. In two years, he had literally had to have four procedures to um, put him back together. He has David's coordination genes, not his mum's. But I was going to say about Sam... One day, because James did have a fall and did knock some teeth out, you would have noticed that he's uh, missing some teeth. He shouldn't be yet. He's only five. Um, But I was very aware of teeth. You know, I kept looking at everyone's teeth because James was missing some. And I just happened to be looking at Sam's in the bath one day. I was like, oh, my gosh, his tooth. His tooth is grey. Why is his tooth grey? Can I have one child that has teeth intact? And anyway, so I was like, oh, his tooth is grey. So I, that night I prayed and I said, Lord, make his tooth white. Let the, you know, let the nerves and the root and all that be healthy and well. And nothing happened. It's like, oh, all right. Try it again the next night when I put him to bed. Prayed again. Lord, heal his tooth. Let it not be white. Can I please have children that have nice teeth? You know, that, those kinds of prayers. And kind of just let it go and thought, okay, it's grey. It's fine. We'd been to the dentist, had James checked out, had Sam's checked out. And they said, yeah, it's fine. Like if it causes him pain or problem we'll come back and fix it but otherwise it's fine kind of put it aside and then and then one day we're at the playground David was away and I was looking at Sam up on the you know platform I was like oh my gosh his tooth is white his tooth is white so I took a photo of this big cheesy teethy smile that I said to David like I think Sam's had a miracle (laughs) I think he's had a tooth miracle and and as it turns out his tooth is totally fine um, and so, do you know what? I had kind of gone, oh, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. I prayed and God didn't fix it. Not a big issue. It's just a tooth, a baby tooth that's going to fall out. Not a big issue. But I really feel like God spoke to me that, of course I, of course I healed it. I love you. And I don't even know. I don't even know when it happened. I have no idea when he actually, when maybe God just did it over time. Restored his root, restored whatever went wrong there. And, and it was totally fine. And I just want to encourage you that, 
Don't lose expectation because something doesn't happen when we first pray for it or the second time or the third time. If you have kids that are away from God, don't give up on praying for them. We have, we have family dynamics in our family where it's so easy to go, it is just impossible. How is God ever going to fix that situation? But I want to encourage you, keep prophesying. Keep prophesying to those situations that God is going to do something in you. He will do something for you. He is going to do something with you. And He is going to do something through you. Your hope doesn't need to wander away any longer. You don't need to be in that place of being lost, confused, disappointed. Let's be people who prophesy to our situations. And I also want to encourage you that you might have dry bones in your world. You might have those dry bones where your marriage is difficult, where your health is struggling, where your kids are crazy. (laughs) Mine are lovely and crazy. (laughs) I love them. They're crazy. Um, Your dreams, your heart's desires. You might have given up on things that you feel like God put in your heart years ago that you have just given up on, that you've stopped believing for because you just feel like that's just never going to happen. It hasn't happened in the last decade. Why would it happen now? I want to encourage you to prophesy, prophesy those words that have been spoken over you, words in the Bible that you've grabbed a hold of 15 years ago that spoke to you. Find them again, declare them again, pray them again, prophesy to a situation. I'd love you to stand with me this morning. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about David and Donna, please visit our website, davidhall.com.au.